The Discover College Soccer Podcast is sponsored by VO. VO is the number one AI camera solution helping players capture college recruitment videos. Check out their new starter and family options by clicking on the link in the description or visit Discover College Soccer to learn more. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Discover College Soccer. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Coach Jeremy from Simpson College out in Iowa. Welcome, Coach. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, you know, we're talking mid-November. You just wrapped up uh, a very successful season, uh, get, making it to to the second round of the NCAA's. So, congrats on that. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It was, uh, yeah, I'm, I've, I've got a Costa Rica soccer shirt on because I haven't caught up from laundry from the weekend. So, <laughs> uh, it was pretty, really, really awesome experience. Well, we'll we'll be, we'll be just fine with that Costa Rica soccer shirt. Although I don't, I'm not sure you got any Costa Ricans on that roster of yours uh, at the no, moment. Oh, not yet. I've coached one, uh, but none here. Okay. Well, speaking of roster and, and recruiting, you know, in terms of being a, a D3 women's program, are you, is it now just full bore on the class of 24? Uh, what, what's that kind of timeline looking like for you now, as you move into to recruitment for the next year? Yeah, we're uh, we're pretty close to being done with 24 um, and have probably had 10, uh, 15, 25s on campus so far. Um, so we're at, at this stage for 2024, um, closing on the few that we know about um, and and looking at some transfers, um, you know, whether it's junior college or, or division one or division two um, or good division three transfers. Um, you know, that's an area that I think will start to become more appealing to after a couple years of, of succeeding. Um, and so we're hoping to, to start to bring in that population a little bit more than we have. Okay. Well, you mentioned 25. So, uh, you know, what, when do you really start talking to players? I know you and I were just chatting. My daughter's a 26, but yeah. uh, division three, yeah. you don't have the restrictions. So kind of build out for me what your, your typical okay. calendar timeline is and when you're looking at and, and talking to folks. You know, we we like to kind of wrap up the class or be pretty close to done with the class before we start into our our fall season. Uh, so the goal is to August September one August one um, kind of be at 60, 70 percent of that of the following year committed. Um, the way I lay it out for our recruits is that you want to choose to be here so I can give you all my attention when we're in season. So I, I, there's never no recruiting, but I do really like to compartmentalize and try and just live in the moment through, uh, through September, October and November. Um, and, uh, and if we're fortunate enough to be in a spot where we can, then that's great. Uh, if not, then we'll, we'll have to recruit through season. But, uh, and then now is really when we really truly start to kick on to 2025s. Uh, so the junior class, um, the ones that we've had on so far know our program, maybe been to some camps, um, uh, are, are local uh, in the area. And so it's, it's girls that we've known about, seen several times uh, as we've recruited their teammates. Um, but now it's now we're in kind of the exposure to 2025 mode where we're getting out to some different events and showcases to try and really evaluate that class uh, and then bring them on. Um, all spring and uh, get them closer to feeling ready to choose Simpson over the summer. Okay. Well, you mentioned uh, events and, and tournaments and whatnot. So what are some of your kind of must hit events uh, and places you like to go to see players play? Yeah. Um, that's that, you know, and I've heard you ask other coaches that question. Um, that's always a, 
something that I'm deciding between. And I think with the the real shift in the landscape between ECNL, ECNL RL, and the GA landscape over the last really two years, um, it's changed some of the tournaments I'd regularly gone to. Um, some of the uh, some of the top level teams aren't at those events, and uh, and so there's still a lot of good players at those events, but. Um, uh, you know, I think we're trying to look at how to use our dollars, our recruiting dollars in the, in the most impactful way. And I, I still think I'm figuring that out. Um, I don't know. Um, and so we're, we're going to go to a lot of events here regionally. Uh, Kansas City and St. Louis will get our attention in the next uh, in the next two or three weeks here. We'll be in both those communities. Um, but uh, then in the Midwest, we start to get snow and go inside. Uh, so then it's places that have the ability to host us indoors that we're trying to find. Okay. Well, you mentioned also earlier uh, getting people on campus and camps. So do you guys do ID camps? Do you and your staff work other ID camps? How, how do camps fit in? Yeah, um, we try and be active in a lot of different ways. I think it's a really, uh, uh, I think one of our staff's strengths is being able to connect and relate to players. Um, and so being able to just be our authentic selves as coaches and getting in front of them, uh, I think is an important part for our recruiting process. Um, we've had, uh, some success and enjoyed working some rush camps. Um, you know, exact sports is a, is a group that I think runs a lot of camps that I haven't had the, the chance to just make work yet. Calendar wise, we do, we've done our own ID camp over the summer. Um, I'm excited this year as we move, uh, we, we hired a full-time assistant for the program for the first time, um, last, she started June one. Uh, and so, uh, we, we went basically right through the summer and then into season. And so I'm excited to sit down with, with coach and, and figure out what other ways we can expand our, uh, our camp presence. That's now it's not just me, uh, in the picture and, and she and I can both be in different spots. Okay. Well, whether it's at a camp or a tournament or, or anywhere else, kind of what makes up the, the hierarchy of things you're looking for in a player, whether that's on the field stuff or off field stuff. Um, yeah, we always say that we're looking for four things. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, first is talent. We've got to be able to, we've got to be able to attract, uh, players that we feel like can win on the national stage. We want to be, con uh, considered one of the top 25 teams in the country every single year. Um, and so we have to have a baseline of talent. Uh, I do think that's the easiest box to check. I think there's so many talented soccer players in this country, um, the, the next two things are our character traits. We're looking for really positive and upbeat young women um, and then really competitive young women uh, that aren't afraid to, to be their athletic and competitive selves and have a little bit of an edge. Um, but I can't just have a team of alphas. Uh, and so we've got to we've got to have a team that, um, you know, likes each other, are selfless and like to be around each other and uh, have some personality there. Uh, and then the fourth thing we've added in the last two recruiting classes, I thought, uh, and it seems simple, but we want girls that love soccer. Um, you know, if it's a nice day and their professor canceled class, I want the kid that's texting me to to open the door to go get the the balls out because that's what they do when they have free time. Um, and so with the with the Division three rules and our contact time, there's a lot of ownership that they have to take in their off season. And uh, we don't want the kids that feel like it's a grind. I want the kids that uh, that's what they do for fun. Um, they want to get out there and just enjoy being on the ball. Okay. Love it. Well, <clears throat> in terms of um, 
the, the, the school and, and cost because parents like me, we always want to yeah. know, okay, what, yep. what what's this going to run? So, you know, not, you don't have to be super specific, but if you just give me a, a, a good overview of uh, tuition, room, board, what kind of academic packages are available, what, what's a typical student athlete on your team walking into? Yeah. Um, so we, we try and limit GPA foundationally right away. So I, I'm really trying to recruit 3.5s and above. Um, that's the group that I find uh, we're competitive and affordability compared to the state schools in Iowa or uh, or other division threes or uh, um, NAIs or division two schools. We end up really, really competitive in those markets with girls above a three five. Um, that group, if they're from Iowa, ends up kind of paying in the 15 to 18,000 remaining range. Um, if they're out of Iowa, a couple thousand more because there's just some different state uh, state grants and aid that come in. Um, Iowa tuition grant, um, is, a is a $7,500 chunk. Um, so that's a, that's significant, um, for our in-staters. Um, and then we have a really cool program that our school rolled out about three, four years ago. Um, families making less than 60,000, it's full tuition. Um, had a ton of success with that for the first two or three years. And they've now elevated that to a hundred thousand. Um, so low income families, um, that make under a hundred thousand, um, their students go to Simpson for full tuition, uh, and just have to pay room and board, which is about eight or 9,000. Um, that's been huge, uh, and applies to, you know, I think nuanced applies to family, maybe divorced parents, um, single, single parent families, um, uh, small business owners can find a way to make their tax, do their taxes creatively. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I think it's really done well for our low income families, but there's also some nuanced pockets that, that are capitalizing on that as well. Okay. Awesome. Well, let, well, let's talk a little bit more about the school. Yeah. I think you got some interesting insight you can give us. Cause if I'm not mistaken, you're an alum as well, correct? Yep. Yep. I'm alum. I'm from Indianola. Um, okay. So I spent a lot of time in this community. You're, you're, you're a local, you're an alum yeah. and now you're yep. staff. So <laughs> Yep. So give us uh give us what makes Simpson special things that folks may not know just by going through the website. Yeah, uh, you know I think, and I've coached another a, a number a couple small private schools, um, and and experience with a couple small private schools. I think small privates in general have really great people, um, probably underpaid and overworked. So it's a lot of people on their campus that love their job, uh, love where they're at, love their community. Simpsons. Absolutely, one of those, and you know, is a wonderful community that supports our supports our college, and our college, you know, helps make the town as vibrant and dynamic. Um, and then I think, you know, really, really special for Simpson that sets us apart is we're you know twenty minutes from Des Moines, Iowa, uh, which is regularly one of the the best cities for uh, for young professionals in business and uh, uh, entrepreneurship and. Uh, it's just a really, it's a really cool business type city to be able to explore and intern in and experience while being 20 minutes away and have the kind of small town atmosphere. So I think, I think Simpson's location in Des Moines is unique. Okay. Well, let's take, take it back a few weeks, you know, before the conference tournament, kind of walk me through what would a typical week during season look like for the players in terms of class practice times game cadence all those kinds of things what can one expect yeah um so when when we look at a seven day window um 
we're we've got soccer on six of those days we get in the rhythm of it's practice practice game practice practice game day off um geographically with our conference we're able to play midweek games on tuesdays or wednesdays um and then a saturday and so sunday typically falls for our off day um and so that that october cadence is really comfortable um september is a little trickier as we're throwing in more non-conference and trying to play a few more games. Um, but haven't been in that rhythm for six weeks. So it's been nice to just be in the, a real nice pattern here. Um, you know, class time, um, the difference between high school and college, I think, is uh, is you're in class less and you're uh, doing work out of class more. Um, and, and then at the Division three level, and for us, we share a field with, uh, with men's soccer and football. And so the three sports uh, are all trying to go and, and train after 4 p.m. Um, and so we typically fit into the 6 to 7.30 time slot, maybe 7.30 to 9. Uh, full disclosure, I have a three-year-old, and so if I can be home and try and get to bed, help her with bedtime, um, uh, then uh, then 7.30 to 9 has been actually pretty great. Um, but, you know, I, I think our girls are, are pretty accommodated understanding um they figure out when to do their homework and classwork. And um, well, we, we, we get a good energy when we flip on the lights at night too. So I don't mind that either. Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's student athlete, right? Especially at the division right. three level. So how right. do your players really balance the, the pull of, of the academics and soccer and, and what kind of support services does the school offer to help them succeed? Yeah, yeah, we have a really high achieving group um, that are, you know, want to be doctors and want to be vets and want to be occupational therapists. And so um, the school does a really great job of it. Um, and we missed quite a bit of class time this year. Uh, this was the the hardest uh, road home split that I've ever been a part of. And uh, I don't know who set that schedule up, but we got to have some words. Um but yeah, we at the end of the year we played 21 games, 14 were on the road, and seven at home. Um, and so, you know, if our if our uh, faculty hadn't been understanding, I think that could have been a challenge. But uh, it's a really supportive group. We recognize there are you know we're 60 percent student athletes on campus, and so the reason some students are choosing Simpson is uh, is academic or athletics first, but then getting a great academic experience. So I do you think they go hand in hand? Um, for me as a coach, I think it's just being understanding and, and putting into perspective that if I have a player that's going to arrive for 15 minutes late to practice because she has to get clinical hours in to go to vet school, um, she's going to go be a vet. Um, and that's pretty amazing. Uh, and so I think it's just kind of contextualizing that and, and, uh, you know, recognizing that soccer is a very important part of these girls' lives, but the next, what we're setting them up for what next is the most important part we gotta we gotta make sure we're we're paying attention to that too absolutely well let's shift gears talk more on the soccer side of things well we I mean, yeah. we spoke about recruiting but is yeah. there a roster size that you guys are, are looking to be at each year so the school would like us um 38 to 41 which is pretty high um i i feel really I feel really comfortable with a roster size of 32 to 33. Uh, that's the group I, that, that's the group I feel really good about. Um, so we can be creative with how we do that. Uh, we can count managers and we can count student coaches and those type of things. And so, um, you know, 
our our roster online we'll we'll look that way um but as we we go into the nuts and bolts of it i think you know this year we had two managers and a student coach and uh and then one player out with a season ending injury early unfortunately and so uh you know the uh we we were often at 35 or so at practice uh, which was which was a fine number uh we we played some jv games um would honestly like to play a little bit more but um we don't get to control the rosters of schools near us right and so if they don't have the numbers to play then uh then then we're out unfortunately but it would be nice to play you know six seven uh jv games i think we're we're able to handle that load with our roster size um but any more than that it's pretty hard um you know you want to keep everybody you've got players in the in those reserve matches that are contributors for you as well at the varsity level and so we don't want to risk injury or uh or you know low or recognize the load we're asking of our players by by playing in those matches too so um yeah i think 38 to 41 is where the school wants me um, we'll be, we'll be around there. Okay. All right. Well, on, uh, when, it, when I'm looking at your roster on the website, it looks like you get a pretty good roster of coaches as well. Uh, yeah, especially yeah, for, we especially for a D3 program. So talk to me about <laughs> your, your, your staff and what everybody does and the roles they play. We got the best staff in the country. Um, it, it, no, it, I'm, I'm so, so lucky. Um, you know, I don't hardly get to pay the group. Um, and, uh, and so, they're, they're all paid, but basically volunteer from the energy and effort that they put in. And uh, Katie, uh, Katie Berglund is with us. Um, she's uh, our first full-time uh, assistant coach in program history. She's been incredible, played in our conference at, at, a, at one of the top schools in our league. And um, through five years of college soccer, has been in the national tournament um, four times. Um, and so we're so excited and to have her and she, the girls just, uh, have really connected with her in the, in the last year. Um, the other three coaches on our staff, um, Joe, uh, works with our goalkeepers. He and I started coaching high school together in 2010. Um, and when I moved back to the area and was hired at Simpson, that was my very first phone call. Um, and, uh, knew I, I could trust him, uh, to, to work with that unit, um, Coach Mack is also an alum. We actually, uh, she and I just missed each other the year I left. Uh, it was her first year as a college freshman. Um, and uh, I came back to the community and started coaching at the Indian Hill High School. And uh, and Mack applied for that job and I interviewed her. And here we are seven years later. Uh, she's been with me all six at Simpson. Um, and then Coach Frances Lee. We don't get her as much. Um, so she's on our website. Um but she also coaches for Sporting Iowa, couple uh, ECNL RL teams, um, coaches high school in the area as well. And so we get her once, twice a week. Um, we're really excited to have her, but she's also a big uh, eyes on the ground, out and about recruiting when she's at all these club events for us and we're in season. She's, she's at games saying, hey, these are good players for Simpson to keep an eye on. So she's got a little bit different role for our staff, less in person, but uh, she, she's absolutely bought in. Awesome. Yeah, that, that sounds like a, a tremendous staff, especially at the, at the D3 level. You don't get we're all lucky. those people. I mean, so. we're lucky. Yeah. And they're just so passionate. You know, I think that's what our players feel is uh, loved for and taken advantage or, you know, taken care of and uh, and that they, they have passion for Simpson, too. And um, it's it's a great energy when we get the group. Uh, sounds like it. Well, coach, you've been generous with your time. Uh, like to end this with just one last question, and that's if you had one piece of advice or nugget you wish all par parents, players, families going through this process knew, what would that be? Um, 
Yeah, I think enjoy the process. Um, I think there's a lot of anxiety to it. Um, I'm making the right decision. I, I've been doing this a while and um, I just think that there are a lot more right answers than wrong answers. There's probably a, light, a lot more right spots than wrong spots. And if you're a good person and you work hard and invest in the program, well, you get to take that everywhere. It doesn't matter if you choose Simpson or somewhere else. Um, if you're going to be a good human, then you get to be a good human wherever you are. And so I think the I think that's the bigger indicator of success and happiness is where you choose to where you choose to be in the attitude you take. So let the recruiting process be fun because foundationally um, people want you to be there. Uh, and uh, and that's a pretty special thing. Uh, not everybody has that opportunity. So uh, try and reflect on and, and enjoy those moments. Absolutely. Well, coach. Really appreciate the time. Again, congrats on a great season. Wish you the best of luck next year and getting back to the tourney. And if you if you venture down to Florida for any of our recruiting events cool. down here, give me a shout, all right? Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Hi, everybody. It's Matt from Discover College Soccer. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I also wanted to let you know about the Discover College Soccer Study Table. This is our brand new online portal that is complete with a 14-part online course giving you all of the ins and outs of the college soccer recruiting process. There's also a wealth of resources such as checklists, templates. There's the spreadsheets that have every soccer program in the country along with their coaches, their contact information, their social media information, uh, some basic stats about the school and more. Plus there's an online community where you can ask your questions, share your wins, your losses, any questions that you may have around the college soccer recruiting process. It's all there at the Discover College Soccer study table that you can find at discovercollegesoccer.com slash study table and hopefully we will see you there.